Today on the podcast, Christina is talking to a man who is used to thriving in unusual environments. Dr. Scott Perizinski is a physician, author, tech CEO, and astronaut. He's lived all over the world. He's summited Mount Everest. He's explored volcanoes. Basically, he's the epitome of the person you would ask, is there anything you can't do? Recently, the COVID-19 outbreak hit very close to home for Scott as both his parents were diagnosed with the disease. Fortunately, they both recovered, but it was not an easy journey. Scott shares some of the details. He also talks about a new technology he's prototyping that he believes could help keep patients off mechanical ventilation, and he offers unique insight and perspective into dealing with COVID-19. And we also made sure he shares some of his adventures in space, because, come on. Here's Christina's conversation with Dr. Scott Perizinski. Scott, thank you so much for taking the time. I couldn't think of a more perfect person to talk to, given the fact you're a doctor, you've been in space, and summited Mount Everest, so you know about thriving in unusual environments. You're an inventor, um, and you know, as you were saying earlier, your parents were going through a battle with this this horrible disease. So as someone who has both parents who have recovered now from COVID-19, and I'm so happy that they're on the mend, how do you feel about the ease of restrictions we're seeing across the country? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Uh, great question. And, yeah, I'm just so thankful uh, that my parents who are in their 80s have recovered as well as they have. And I'm thankful for the, uh, the women and men who took care of my parents uh, in the hospital. It was so terrifying to drop them off uh, at the ER and, of course, uh, couldn't visit them while they were hospitalized. They were each in their own isolation uh, wards and being tended to by spacesuit-wearing healthcare providers mm-hmm. and uh, not really sure, you know, what the outcome would be. That You hear so many horror stories of, you know, couples, both of them, you know, perishing to the disease. Yeah. They're, they're, they're stubborn and, and, and hard fighters <laughs> uh, like me, I guess, or I, I get it from them. Um, but, you know, I, I think one of the best things that all of us can do right now, it's important to be a part of the solution. Um, and to that, I mean, you know, continue to keep your distance, even if there are opportunities to, to get up close and personal, it's not a time to be doing that. You know, you know keep your social and physical distance, um, you know, and certainly, you know, try and celebrate those who are on the front lines. It's not just health healthcare providers, but you know, the, the door dashers and the, the people who stock the shelves, they're, they're taking great risk uh, to support us all. And uh, I, I just really appreciate them. You know, they're volunteer op- opportunities and you, know, you can you can make masks and do all sorts of other things to, to be part of the solution. Um, and hopefully we can get, get past this. But I, I do worry that we've gone a step too far too fast. Mm. Here in my, my own state of Texas, you know, things have, have opened up quite rapidly and, and we haven't really even uh, flattened the curve yet so I'm, I'm very concerned and I mean what you went through must have been so terrifying you say you almost lost your mom exactly um, yeah she's uh, um, an amazing amazingly strong but petite uh, uh, person um, but very resilient she's uh, uh, battling cancer actually at MD Anderson uh, Cancer Center, one of the best cancer hospitals in the world, but she was in and out of the hospital for blood draws and an occasional transfusion 
and I'm convinced that's where she she picked up uh, the virus. And uh, of course, hospitals are the best place in the world to get sick. Right. And uh, but uh, she had incredible care. Um, the, the team was all over her her uh, uh, symptoms and, and the progression of her disease, and and miraculously, uh, she she got past the worst of it. And so she's a she's a great cheerleader for um, you know social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so happy they're okay and that we can be talking, you know, about this as a past event now, um, but many people still in the throngs of it and you're trying to do your part, the inventor in you, uh, tell me about what you're doing with that. Well, you know, uh, my kind of DNA, I, I, I am an inventor. Um, the, the way I really characterize myself is as a motivated whiner. So uh, I identify <laughs> problems that are in need of a fix, and then I kind of uh, cogitate on those things and uh, and it very often come up with solutions to problems that are important. And uh, I think I actually have a, a technology that will actually help in the battle against coronavirus and and keeping people off of ventilators. I, I can't really talk much more about it at this point other than to say that the statistics are really frightening. You know, depending on the study that you read, only 14 to 33% of patients who go on mechanical ventilation will actually leave the hospital. Wow. The majority die. And so our, our political leaders, you know, talk you know, wildly, well, we need more, more ventilators. No, we don't. In fact, what we really need to do is figure out ways to support their lung function and keep them off of ventilators. Um, and so that's, that's what I'm trying to do, but you know, it, it's great to see so many different organizations, you know, chipping in, whether it's their, um, their physical resources or their, um, uh, their manufacturing base to, to develop, you know, the things that healthcare providers need to stay safe Yeah, to develop, you know, additional uh, ventilators and, and PPE. Um, this really is kind of our World War II kind of galvanizing mm-hmm. life experience. It has been remarkable to see the innovation, the creativity, the um, generosity coming forth right. from so many people around the world. Yeah, you know, it, it is so exciting to, to think that, uh, you know, we have come together, not just as a nation, but by and large as a planet to tackle this, this planet-threatening uh, virus, and uh, we are taking some giant steps to uh, to deal with it. And so it, it's sort of a catalyst for accelerating telemedicine. You know, it, it it's almost impossible to go physically see your physician right now unless you you absolutely must. So we're using telemedicine assets now to to still have that opportunity to to see your physician to make decisions, and if need be, you can you know go into the ER into a special facility to be uh, physically seen. But, you know, we're, we're catalyzing innovation in, in telemedicine. We're, we're accelerating the process of you know, drug discovery, vaccine discovery, and, and approval. Um, you know, there's a chance that, you know, things won't go as smoothly when these, these medications and vaccines uh, first come into, into wide use. But uh, hopefully we can make it reasonably safe. Um, and I think that's, re- that's really good for, for all of us. Yes, absolutely. I want to talk more about you and your history, even though I know you're so humble about it all. Um, 
you still hold the title of the only person to both go to space and summit Mount Everest, don't you? Actually, a good buddy of mine is now the second, uh, Maurizio Kelly, uh, an Italian ah. astronaut, uh, summited, uh, I think two years ago. Um, and so now it's, it's a small club still. It's, it's just the two of us, Maurizio <laughs> and myself, but, uh, um, you know, I, I hope there will be more. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it was such a, an amazing life experience to, uh, to both see an, an orbital sunrise from, from Earth orbit, but then to also see it from the top of the world. Great, and it, life experiences. Yeah, and I can imagine prepares you uh, in the most unimaginable way to endure uncomfortable environments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's there's nothing, uh, not even a second uh, on Mount Everest that's really comfortable. You know, you're you're working at redline in extreme cold conditions. Uh, you're hypoxic, dehydrated, malnourished. Uh, but it is beautiful out there, and uh, you realize that you're in this rarefied, extraordinary place, and you've got a lot of adrenaline, and, and you're working with, with great people. Um, I, I, I have so many fond memories of, of being on that mountain uh, over two seasons, uh, about four months total on Mount Everest. And, and of course, uh, there's nothing that can compare with the, uh, the experience of spaceflight. You're seeing your home planet from from space is, uh, is life-changing. Does it put into perspective, I don't know, how to view pretty much everything in the world that you encounter, <laughs> including this pandemic? Yeah, it, it, it does uh, It does ground you. It does center you on, on what's most important. Um, and, of course, family and friends and, and your health are, are key. Um, but I, I found coming back from Mount Everest just this uh, incredible sense of calm uh, and also, uh, how to describe it? I mean, I, I think everyone comes back from spaceflight, at least to a degree, an environmentalist. You, you realize how beautiful and fragile the planet is, and, mm-hmm. and you, you you realize that you want to come back and pay it forward in whatever ways that you can. Um, tell your stories, but also do your best to preserve the planet and, and to help other people uh yeah, I just feel so fortunate in the opportunities that I've had in my life, and I, I, I do try to use the the balance of my time here uh, with the skill set that I have, which is you know, as a uh, an inventor to to try and work on things that have you know some some value. You're a veteran of five space shuttle flights, seven spacewalks, and I mean, even saying that is just so unbelievable. And then you you had, I think, in your final mission something that was quite dramatic. Can you take us through that and and what exactly happened? Sure. Well, yeah, it, it, it was one of the most terrifying days of my life that turned into one of the best days of my life, I guess is the way to, you know, cliff notes it, but... On my last mission, STS-120, we were aboard the International Space Station with the, with the space shuttle, installing a new interconnecting module to the space station, and then relocating a large solar array truss, we called it, that a, a school bus-sized piece of uh, gear that had two solar panels on it. And it was some pretty tricky stuff with spacewalking involved and, and robotics involved and working with mission control, and everything was going great. And uh, we had just completed three of the five 
planned spacewalks on our mission and kind of letting our guard down, quite honestly. But as we floated into the airlock at the end of the, the spacewalk, uh, we discovered that one of the solar panels had begun to rip apart. And this is a really critical situation because if we were to undock the space shuttle at this point, it might rip apart and damage the space shuttle or, or the space station, have a breach in the hull or something like that. Um, and so something had to be done, either go out on an emergency spacewalk and throw away a billion-dollar national asset, which nobody wanted oh to do. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I didn't want that on my, my watch, of course, uh, or fix it. And so what I love about NASA, there, there are all these stories of um, you know, overcoming adversity that you know, NASA can point to. And, of course, Apollo 13 is the, is the ultimate. But this was sort of an Apollo 13 sort of situation. People worked around the clock for 72 hours to come up with a brilliant plan to get a spacewalker out to the tip of the space station further than we ever been before and uh, cut out a piece of guide wire that had ripped this panel apart and then stitch it back to health. And um, so there were all sorts of, you know, work that had to take place inside the spacecraft to to basically find all the supplies uh, to build these repairs. We couldn't go to Home Depot, you know, and get a solar array repair kit, so we had to build it with the stuff we had on board. We had to fly a very difficult robotic trajectory with this cobbled together robotic uh, boom that had never been conjured up before, even in people's wildest dreams. And then we had to go effect a repair on a live solar panel that couldn't be turned off even in orbital night. You know, it's still generating lots and lots of electricity. So had to be very, very careful to avoid uh, electrocution. Uh, I'm glad they pointed that out to me so that <laughs> we could take the pro appropriate safeguards. But uh, this, this whole thing came together in just three days. We went out on a spacewalk and uh, a seven-hour, 19-minute spacewalk and completed this audacious repair and uh it was just the best day on the job for all of us that had any any role in it you know it was the the our lead flight director and the, the flight controllers the engineers on the ground our, our full 10-person crew aboard the international space station and space shuttle complex you know everybody was firing in all cylinders and it was uh you know like i said uh my proudest day on the job ever and uh but NASA, NASA has this ability to take these seemingly impossible tasks and, and come up with these incredible solutions that make it almost look easy. Yeah, and that's why, you know, I'm so fascinated by what you do as it is, but, it's, but even especially now, because I think it helps put things in perspective um, on when you're tackling a seemingly impossible task or you have this giant of a war before you, how you react and, and the perspective you take is a game changer. Right on. No, that, that's exactly right. It's, it's um, you know, keeping your, your, your focus on what's most important. Um, and I, you know, I, I think so many people are, are, uh, putting their best foot forward to, to try and uh, beat this war against COVID-19 from many different fronts, whether it's uh, on the front lines, taking care of patients to, uh, you know, the, the pharmaceuticals and the vaccines, um, and then also the, you know, devices that um, 
can be made cheaply and and shared around the world. You know, it's it's really wonderful. Uh, NASA in 37 days invented a new method of uh, you know building a, a ventilator, as I understand it, and they're making the uh, uh, the design available royalty free. Um, yeah. So that we have more more ventilators around the world where they're they're needed. So uh, there's some great stories out there. And the sharing of technology, amazing. Um, your grandest adventure? What would you say it's been? Oh wow! Um, God, there have been so many. Um, yeah, probably the the most frightening one. I'll I'll, I'll choose that one. Uh, uh, myself and a, a good friend Sam Cosman set the first boot prints adjacent. Messiah Volcano's Lava Lake in Nicaragua yeah. a few summers ago, and uh, we actually, you know, set up with a team, uh, essentially a zip line to get down to this, uh, we called it level zero, the, the level of the, the lava lake, and I stood about 30 feet away from this cauldron of liquid rock uh, with wave, waves crashing up on the beach, and it was just insane. Um, the, the goal was not adventure, it was actually to... Uh, implant a, a sensor array around the volcano such that we could develop predictive models of eruptive activity. So uh, a very lofty, uh, you know, scientific goal you know, for this expedition. But, you know, the the adventure was uh, off the charts. It was just uh, unbelievable to look. It was like you were looking in the center of the earth. Um, wow. Just this overpowering, you know, uh, brilliant orange uh, light especially at night it was just uh, it was mesmerizing but also terrifying at the same time <laughs> i can't imagine <laughs> there are probably no words either that could sufficiently describe the um adrenaline and intensity of of those moments no i i can't even compare it to the uh you know the the exhilaration that you you feel on on launch morning when you have seven million pounds of thrust you know, lurching off the planet. This was, you know, uh, more overpowering than even that. You, um, you've fulfilled two of my greatest dreams to go to space and summit Mount Everest. <laughs> so I'm going to have to pick your brain and when we have more than 15 minutes of a podcast, but it's, it's so cool. And you have your book too, that people can <clears throat> learn more the sky below. Right, right. And first off, I've got to say, I have every confidence that you're going to uh, to top out on Mount Everest and you're going to be floating around in space before <laughs> you know it. So, um, Thank you. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll interview you then, okay? We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll the, A girl can dream. <laughs> we'll the, the microphone. But uh, yeah, the, the book is called The Sky Below, and it's uh, not just about the, the many adventures that I've had in my life, but it's, it's about overcoming adversity. You know, you, you look at people who have had, you know, great experiences, it, it's likely not something that was just given to them. They probably had to work pretty hard at it, and, and I certainly did, and I, I had to overcome some obstacles, and so it, it's a book about um, overcoming those obstacles, resilience, and uh, and taking the long view. And, uh, you know, right now, I, yeah, I hate to say it in this pandemic, but I, I do think that all of us need to take a long view. This is not going away on some... Um, you know, uh, president or governor or mayor's time frame. This is going to be months, if not a couple of years, before we kind of be- get back to some semblance of of normal. So, you know, uh, 
I, I, I hope uh, that the book might be uh, a source of some uh, inspiration um, to your listeners. I know it will be, and I, I can't wait to read it. I just downloaded it today. Do you want to leave us with any advice, how long you think this will last, when we'll return to normalcy, uh, any other parting thoughts? Well, you know, I, I'm a glasses half to three quarters full kind of person. So <laughs> I think um, you, know, you, you should try and find the bright side of your circumstances. So you know, this is a rare time when we do have an opportunity, hopefully, to spend you know, more free time with our family. Uh, that might be, you know, sheltered with us. Uh, it's a time to maybe learn a new skill, a new language, uh, read all of Winston Churchill's 38 books. I, you know, I don't know um, what, uh, you know, you might be able to use this this time for, but to find the silver linings. Um, in my company, uh, my tech company called Fluidity Technologies, we're using this opportunity to do a, a major strategic, you know, replanning for the company. Um and um, so that, that's that's actually really a gift for us. Um, I mentioned earlier, you know, this is an opportunity for some technologies to, to leapfrog. So, you know, telemedicine is, is really going to grow leaps and bounds, and it's going to make healthcare, I think, a lot better for us on the other side of this whenever that happens. Um, I think it's, a, it's also kind of a, a great time to reconnect with old friends, uh, maybe using modern tools so you know we all know uh, and have you know facetime and zoom and skype and uber conference use those tools and, and reach out to people that you haven't seen in a long time uh, maybe you can't be across the the dinner table from them but um you know it, it's a a new way to interact with people and you can you can stay in touch in, in different different ways and and for the adventure that i, I know that you are you know i I, it's it's tough to be you know grounded, but you know you can plan your next adventure uh, and live them vicariously you know through YouTube and Vimeo. And, and when the, the the clouds do lift, you can you know then buy your ticket and, and go do those things. But you, know, <laughs> you just have to be have to be patient and, and take the long view, I guess. Yes, and be great, grateful if you're lucky enough to be one of the healthy ones. That's right. That's right. For more information about Dr. Scott Parasinski, check out the links on our website, ktla.com slash coronavirusdaily. As always, we truly appreciate those of you who have subscribed to the podcast and left five-star ratings and reviews. If you haven't yet, you can do that on your favorite podcast platform. And please share this podcast with friends, family, and colleagues, basically anybody who needs to consume more content while social distancing. For the very latest updates on the COVID-19 pandemic anytime, visit ktla.com or download the free KTLA News app. We'll bring you more Coronavirus Daily tomorrow. Thanks for listening.